It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With the combine behind us, a whole lot of you have questions about the direction for the Bengals at pick number 28. Let's get into those questions in this week's mailbag. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts. You'll be notified when we upload our content every day, and you can join that first listen club with the thousands of other of Bengals fans who subscribe and listen to Locked On Bengals every day. And James, we're going to dive into a bunch of questions about the draft today in our mailbag. But first, let's get out of the way. The Joe Mixon residence news, there are precious few details available about this, but there were shots fired at or near Joe Mixon's residence. There was a police presence at Joe Mixon's residence. That's really all we know at this point. Maybe a few more details than that, but... The, the nature of exactly what happened there, we do not know at this time. There's an ongoing investigation, and the Bengals and fans will have to wait and see a little bit here for details because they're not available right now. Yeah, no arrests made as of now as we record this. And this was late Monday night, early Tuesday morning, and really the only thing that the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office has confirmed is that the crime scene involves a home connected to Joe Mixon. Doesn't say that Mixon was there. Doesn't say that Mixon was involved. Doesn't say anything. And so we know that. We know a juvenile was taken to the hospital, uh, children's hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. And so really the only thing I can say is I hope that the the, the juvenile is okay and, and makes a, a fast recovery. And who knows, by the time you hear this, we might have more info uh, on if Joe was involved, if someone he's, you know, tied to is involved but uh, as of now we don't have much so we figured we would at least hit that at the top before we dive into your questions here on the mailbag yeah of course first and foremost the health of the juvenile good good call there hope he's okay or she's okay or they're okay and hope that nobody was maliciously involved and that this gets resolved but we we simply don't know more than that at this point that being said and that out of the way We'll see what resolves there, and if something comes of it, of course, we'll talk about it. When we have the information, right now we don't. So let's get into the mailbag. Shift gears, get back to some football-related topics here. Many of you are curious about the direction for the Bengals at pick 28. Andrew Russell, who many of you perhaps follow on Twitter, is our first question today, James, at Andrew underscore Russell 7. What is your favorite, but somewhat realistic, Pick for the Cincinnati Bengals at 28. Which wide receiver could I name? No, I'm just kidding. I uh, even though Jackson's You're not kidding. 
Jackson Smith and Jigba would be fun. I mean, that yeah, dude, you're not dude, kidding. Ooh, it would be fun. Um, no, I, I, I'm actually not there. I, I'm, I, the, the weapons I'm thinking of are, are tight ends and, and running backs. And so my favorite realistic pick, it's tough because I, I know what happens when you keep Joe Burrow upright. And so can you, to me, Darnell Wright has moved a little higher for me. And part of it's just information, right? And it moved higher. Well, I don't know if I really had him where I had him pre-combine. All I know is, is what I've heard and the fact that he tested really well. And so should he be in the mix at 28? I think absolutely he'll be in the mix at 28. Uh, Jones from Ohio State is just a mammoth of a man. Uh, I'm currently watching Game of Thrones, so don't send me spoilers. But man, he's the mountain, right? He gets off the bus and he looks like that dude. And so would either of those guys be be cool to have at, at right tackle? I'd say so. And so that is the the easy way to go about it. But to me, it really depends on – so I'm going to say tackle, offensive tackle. But that's with the caveat that the Bengals are willing to go get one of these high-powered running backs that's going to, to upgrade that room and – also get one, maybe two tight ends. I love Sam Laporta. If you could get him at, at, at pick 60 and then you, you double back and get one of these other tight ends later in the draft. And I think that there is a very real possibility that this is a two double dip tight end draft. And, I, and I've tried to really hammer that home and people roll their eyes. That room isn't young. And even if you re-sign Hayden Hurst, now is probably the time to, to get a couple of young bodies in there. So we'll see if they do that. Certainly they're going to draft one regardless. And, uh, and so my preference would be a stud tackle because they're hard to find, but then hit on all these other spots that they're clearly looking at and scouting and meeting with players at those respective positions, hit on those other spots so we can really see this offense hit another level in 2023. If you could get one of those tackles, I agree with you. That would be that would be great. But the Peter Skaronskis, the Paris Joneses, the Broderick Paris Johnsons, the Broderick Johnson. Joneses aren't going to be there. So you if you have Anton Harrison or Darnell Wright or Dewan Jones as first rounders, then one of those guys would make sense. And and they all do different things at, at different levels and have different strengths and weaknesses. The one guy you didn't mention that I wanna that I wanna throw out is Kalijah Cansey. I sure. think that for yep. now that still feels somewhat realistic. Like it's possible. It's possible. He's gone in the teens too. It's possible. All of these guys we've named are gone. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That, that's the tough thing. When you talk about pick 28, like the ideal realistic pick, we can name a bunch of guys and then they could all be drafted. And last year, that was the case. There was one left of all the guys we talked about there was one that ended up being there at 31. So there are a few picks earlier this year. So you hope that helps, but yeah, there's, there's not going to be many of them available for sure. When pick 28 rolls around. Another one that would be fun would be Nolan Smith potentially, but you know, the, the weight question for him is a real question at 237 at the combine. So uh, yeah, it, it's a tough question this year, James, mm-hmm. because for, for most of these guys, you could say, Oh, well, if this, happened you're pretty much to me it's just like a faller find the faller this year at a premium position if you can 
and make the pick. Sure. And if that's I mean, not there, th- then you have to have a plan B, obviously. And the Bengals are doing a lot of homework on the tight end position. Tucker Craft, another combine meeting, formal meeting that was reported uh, on, on, on Tuesday. So a lot of tight ends. They're clearly, as you said, clearly targeting that position. Will it be in the first round? It's really hard right now. And, and there's the other thing that makes it hard. I don't know if you've noticed this. And I feel like I've said this in previous years. There seems to me to be less consensus this year. Hmm. I think I said that last year too. And then consensus kind of formed after the combine. This year, I, I'm not feeling that consensus forming around, especially like the last 10 picks of the first round. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree. It's it's just tough when it's this late. And I, I found myself more this year, and I even last year, giving the oh, well, we'll see as of now I feel this way because it's it's just really tough and it could change so much. When you're picking early, it's, look, it was Chase Sewell for three months and that's, that's just kind of where we were. We talked about other guys, but it was the fifth pick. We kind of knew how it was going to play out and that was that. You're talking about four or five guys, maybe a bucket of guys. This, there's like 10 to 12 scenarios, right? At 10 least. to 12 different guys and in maybe more. 10 to 12, and that could change between now and a month from now. Obviously, we have free agency next week, which we'll have you covered on here on Lockdown Bengals. It's it's fun. It's interesting. And I still feel like I, I if they could, and I said this at the end of the show yesterday with Mike, and check out our episode with Mike Renner if you missed it, but if you could move back like eight spots and get another day two pick, I feel like that's probably – right at the same time you might miss out on all of these guys like i said i think hill was kind of the last one last year so is it worth doing that i don't know i don't think so but then i look at some of these mocks and i do think so and and so that's the the dynamic that's the the tough dilemma that they're gonna have to deal with also i i wanted to answer your question uh, th- this first mailbag question with anthony richardson but i didn't have the, the guts to tell a funny at that level so i i didn't and i went with the wide receiver all right well, at least you at least you told us now. It, it would have been it would have been good. Yeah. I mean, nobody would have bought it is a problem. Like it's so far out of the realm of plausibility. Anyway, let's yeah. continue our mailbag questions with some guys that have caught our eye. And I want to touch on something you just mentioned about all those possible scenarios when we come back in next. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and that means it's time for you to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. What's the no-sweat first bet? Up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So maybe maybe you want to wager on the NFL draft or you want to wager on the NBA. How about the Cavaliers coming back against the the Celtics? That was, that was a fun one. And, uh, well, if you're going to say you're going to make both free throws, and Mr. Williams, at least make one free throw. Did you see that? I, I certainly did. Jake's like, what the heck are you talking about? The point is, is if you're watching the NBA, you might as well start wagering on it right now with FanDuel. And whether it's a same-game parlay, whether it's prop bets, whether it's over-unders, you can do all of those things with FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you get and go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you mentioned something, James, that I wanted to just quickly run through before we go to our next question, which was like all those possible scenarios we're talking about at the end of the first round right now. So I just want to name a bunch of guys that I think are currently in play for that pick. That, that may or may not be available, but are in yep. play. So Darnell Washington, Michael mm-hmm. Mayer, Dalton yep. Kincaid, a tight Agreed. end, three tight ends. A tackle, I think, Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, Dewan Jones, maybe maybe even someone else, but those are the guys. So that's, that's mm-hmm. six, mm-hmm. right? I don't think necessarily anybody on the interior offensive line, but – Maybe, I don't know. No, Nobody's jumping out of me, so we'll skip that one for now. At Edge, I think there's probably a bunch of guys that they would consider picking there. They met with Nolan sure. Smith, so let's throw, throw Nolan Smith into the mix. I think that probably Lucas Van Ness tested himself out of their range, was previously in that in that range on the consensus board uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Probably not there anymore. BJ Ojolari, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a little bit a little bit rich for him, but I, I think the point is that there's probably a couple of edge edge guys there. Interior defensive line, I think 100% Kalaja Kansi is in play. Mm-hmm. Brian mm-hmm. Brisset, uh from Clemson, and I might be butchering that name, probably in play. Probably nobody at linebacker at corner. I mean, Keely Ringo they met with, Emmanuel Forbes they met with, Clark Phillips they met with, Joey Porter Jr. I saw not go in the first round. Of a mock on Tuesday, I think he would be in consideration. Yes. Cam Smith, another name there. Uh, the the Maryland uh, Maryland corner Deontay Banks probably mm-hmm. in play. I mean, a bunch of corners, right? Four or five corners you could probably mention. How many names yep. is that? You're at so six, nine, fourteen, eighteen, roughly like eighteen, and I think you're missing two. I still think Bijan Robinson and Jackson Smith and Jigba are both. Now, will Jigba be there? I don't know. I don't know if Robinson does. He might fall. It's I, a deep running back class. He might. I doubt I know it. Pe- but, but yeah, that's why I didn't mention those two. Because so I that's think 19 they're... to 20? Yeah. 19 to 20? And I agree with you. And that's... that's We're probably missing some guys, right? Probably. Yeah. Probably. But so, yeah, a, a ton of possibilities. And... You know, some of those guys are going to go 45th or 50th, or you're going to be like, oh, well, they make it to pick 60 and they don't, they get sniped at 55 and some are going to go 15th because it's just tough to, to predict, predict who's going to be there. Who's not next question comes from at who day with about 32 wise one, because who day with about 32 wise was already taken. If Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, and Dewan Jones are all taken off the board, or all on the board, excuse me, who do you take? Or do you risk trading down into one of the first picks of the second round if someone calls? If it's one of the first picks of the second round, I mean, I'm always answering that call. If you can add like a fourth round pick, early fourth round pick to move Mm -hmm. back from 28 to 35, 
36. I think I'm always entertaining that option. But which Darnell do you think this is? Right or Washington? Right. Ooh. I, I assume right, but maybe it's Washington. Let's just make it both. If Mayor Wright, Washington Jones are available. For, for me, that probably comes down to Mayor or one of the tackles. Right now, I think I'm a little bit on Dewan Jones. And, and a lot of that's because we talked to Mike Renner yesterday. We know Mike. Mike he's really likes Dewan, Dewan Jones. Um, he's the mountain. He's so big. Yep. If, if you and, and he's not like a, 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 an entire lumber. I know he didn't test and he doesn't like he's not going to have elite movement or anything, but it's certainly good enough and he's skilled enough at his size and he carries the weight well. Mm-hmm. So to me, you get like the, the rarest player. Mm hmm. In, in Dewan Jones there. The next rarest would probably be Darnell Washington in terms of his size and, and movement ability. But that doesn't mean he's the next on my list. I think it probably would go like Jones, Mayor, oh. Wright, Washington, maybe. I don't know. Subject to change. I, I would I would have it Jones, Wright. Mayor and Washington's tight because here's the thing. And – I felt like this certainly in 2010 when they drafted Jermaine Gresham. And then in 2013, Eifert was clearly BPA, but they didn't get the best tight end in that class. Like even if he hits his ceiling, he doesn't become Travis Kelsey. And you never could have said Kelsey. But the point is, if you invest a first-round pick in a tight end, man, you want to think he has that high-end ceiling. And I, what's Mayer's endgame? A multi-time pro bowler probably. But Washington, is he just this super freak all-pro stud? I I don't know. I probably lean Mayor a little bit because I think he would help them more now. And I'm in the now business. I'm in the get the Lombardi now. But I, I really like Washington a lot. So I think you feel good about any of them. But if I had to rank it, I'd say Jones, Wright, Mayor, Washington, close. And it's a good problem to have, especially if all four are on the board. What if – what if Mayer is is uh, Mark Andrews? And that's oh, like, well then, then it's a home run. I the mean. the thing that the thing that sells me on Mayer was a conversation with with Mike yesterday about how he can get open. Sure, it's not just you know we talked about for a lot of tight ends, and this is probably true right now of Darnell Washington, who has the athleticism to improve in this area. But he's not separating. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and get open on his own. He's not going to like Mike said, run a speed out or something like that, and and be able to get separation at the top of that route. Where Mike Michael Mayer maybe maybe it's not a speed out, but he he's shown the ability to create that separation. He was a number one. He was a number one receiver for Notre Dame. Like if you watch Notre Dame games, and I didn't watch every single one, but it was all right. How do we get the ball to Michael Mayer and and find ways to get him involved on on third down? It was, it was sort of like how the Chiefs use Kelsey, where it's a big play and all eyes are on eighty seven. It's kind of how it was for the Fighting Irish. Now it's different. They didn't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, but that's that's really how it felt. Yeah. I bring up Mark Andrews just as a as an example of a tight end who didn't have incredible testing. He ran 0.03 seconds faster in the 40. He had a really good 10-yard split to his credit, but he didn't jump as well as Michael Mayer did. His jumps were worse. He's like a half inch taller, a handful of pounds heavier. So, you know, pe- people are knocking Michael Mayer for his testing. His testing is fine. It's just not 
freak level. Mm-hmm. But like I'm pointing out Andrews because you don't need that freak level testing to be a really good NFL tight end. Especially when number nine is throwing you the ball. Like Mark Andrews would be unbelievable. And not that he hasn't been with Lamar, but kidding me. Can you imagine Joe Burrow? He he got Uzama paid. He's going to get Hurst paid somewhere. Michael Mayer, like I think it would work. And so ultimately I would have him ahead of Washington because again, I, I think he would make them instantly not just better as a blocker, which obviously Washington can do, but he's he's going to be that added threat. So if you're double teaming T and you're double teaming Jamar Chase in the AFC championship game, what could be like, all right, I'm going to go to 87 here on third and eight, and someone's going to be open because 87 is not going to be guarded one-on-one. And, and it's, so. it's a very interesting position, and there's a lot that goes into it. And one of the reasons that I'm higher on Mayer is because of the versatility of his skill set, his ability to, to separate and get open. And uh, it, it kind of comes down to your, your philosophy on the position, which a lot of people are curious about. And, and is one of the questions we're get, going to get to to finish up the show here coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get to that question, James, mm-hmm. I want to go back to a Joe Goodberry question. Goodberry's in the mailbag, James. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. You can find him at Joe Goodberry on Twitter. He might be a person. I don't know. Might, might be a human being. Or he's just a, guy. a talking head with bangles on the brain. Might be a guy who works over on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals Talk YouTube channel. Yeah, I think so. I think he anyway, makes an appearance here and there. His question is, which players are you now intrigued by? Maybe you just hadn't been very aware of their existence before mm-hmm. the combine, or maybe the combine really elevated them in your eyes. Who jumps out for you, James? Well, I think Darnell Wright is is sort of number one for me on this, and I, mm-hmm. I won't beat a dead horse here, but I think people were higher on him than I was, but then he weighed in at 333. I was like, oh, and then he ran well. I'm like, all right, well, maybe that's that's a good pick at, at 28. Um, so, so that would be one for me. I think Nolan Smith testing the way he did, even though he is light, 237. I mean, I'm a few built bars away from 237. I might catch Nolan Smith by the end of the year weight-wise, but kidding but that that is is someone that certainly caught my eye outside of that i mean i mean nothing really shocked me at the combine i i was underwhelmed by some guys i was i was hoping some of these these fast speedy receivers would have ran well and in this class i still think they would have fallen i don't think they would have been top 50 picks necessarily and, you know, the kid from Houston didn't run well. And and that's ultimate red flag because he's tiny. He's smaller than I am. You'd expect him to run fast, like fast, fast. Tyler Scott as well. I was thinking he could be, you know, second, third round. Now I don't know. And and, and we'll see 
So I don't think it, there are a ton of guys that was like, Oh man, I can't believe they did that. It just kind of confirmed some things that I thought the size of the cornerback class, I think is something that, that, that I like. I think the Bengals nab a corner and the number of super athletic tight ends, I, I guess the, the one athletic tight end from, um, shoot, uh, he, he tested, he was the best tight end in history. What's his name? Uh, that would be Koontz. Zach Koontz, Koontz from yeah. Old Dominion. Old Dominion. So he's on my radar now. Wasn't on my radar. So you should throw him in there. And then Blake Freeland tested really well too, even though he weighs less than us combined, and uh, and he's six seven, which I guess most of these guys should weigh less than both of us combined. But you're pretty light, so maybe not. I'm adding weight, James. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tank Dell is a wide receiver. Tank Dell, yeah. I was, I thought he was on a four three, and he was not in that range. Yeah, didn't didn't test great. I still like Tank Dell. uh, Tape is great. I watched him crush UC in the American Athletic Conference Championship a few years ago. Yeah, I think for for me, this is tight ends and 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 corners too. But I was pretty aware, I think, of most of the corners. But like Tucker Craft, I had seen people talking about, but he's you know South Dakota State small school, similar to Cordell Volson, North Dakota State last year. The other Dakota State to continue to offend uh, Matt Minnick, who was not happy that I called South Dakota State the other Dakota State, which was really only in reference to Cordell Volson. Sorry, Matt. Um, Zach Kuntz, you mentioned. Luke Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker. I'm not actually, I, I don't remember. Mike pronounced his name for us yesterday, and I don't remember if the CH is hard or soft. Uh, and Will Mallory, not Will Mallory. It's just those three. Schoonmaker, Kuntz, Kraft. <laughs> those three guys, a tight end from Old Dominion, South Dakota State, and a twenty, nearly 25-year-old in Schoonmaker from Michigan are some guys that, I wasn't really aware of, tested really well, and now I would like to to go see. I was try, yeah, I was I was pleased with uh, Josh Wiley as well. I thought he tested yeah. the way I expected him to. Just throwing him out there, you know me. Yeah, I just knew I'm, who he I'm was. Some Bearcats, sure, yeah. but, but that's a good one if if you but, don't know who he was. But the tight end class, like it's legit, and I really do. I think that they're having a conversation. Like, I'd be nice to grab two of these guys at some point. I'm going to keep hammering that home because I think it's realistic. One other tackle, Jalen Duncan, very light, needs to add weight from Maryland. I think he weighed under 300 pounds at six, 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 five and a half, but tested, uh, tested really well. So I think, I think he might not be, to use a, a Mike Renner term, playable play strength right now, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, reading, reading what Renner had to say about. We could change that, Duncan, but. It's something that that's at least intriguing. No doubt. No doubt. And I, especially at that spot, you know, if you don't go tackle 28, you're going to have to take a flyer on someone that has something he's going to, and they all have to work on stuff, but some kind of flaw that you're going to have to develop. I just remembered one other guy who's a corner, but this is a corner that I wasn't aware of. Iowa corner. You know who I'm talking about? Go ahead. I, I know I, I'm I'm Riley Moss. I was I, I couldn't oh. find his name for a oh, second. Riley I, I Moss, thought you had it. I thought you were building up the suspense. No, I just I just forgot. Uh, Riley Moss is a guy who is like a late day three, early late late day two, early day three guy by consensus right now. Then he went out and tested in the 99th percentile for corners. Uh, he's older, 23, 
uh, at the time of the draft, but is a guy that I want to go watch now too, who I wasn't aware of before. But some on Bengals Twitter were. Some people were on him before. Last question. All right. And we're going to go from corner to tight end. Dylan Gaffney. It looks like the coaches want to draft a tight end. What's your preferred approach on the tight end position? First round stud versus later round value. Playmaker versus utility player. Example blocker. Who's the best fit for the Bengals scheme? The answer to all these questions to me is dependent on what they do in free agency. If you bring back Hayden Hurst, especially if you give him a two- or three-year deal, then I'm less inclined to draft a guy like Dalton Kincaid. If they don't bring in a Hayden Hurst type on a short- or medium-term deal, then Dalton Kincaid becomes a lot more appetizing to me. Say, and I know he's too old for this, but say Mercedes Lewis is the one-year tight end this year for the Bengals. I know he's in his late 30s, and this is probably not a move the Bengals would make, but he still played pretty well last year. And he does what he does very well. He's a freak, yeah. He's such a freak that he gets no play. So, so like, if it's Mercedes Lewis, well, now I don't really want the Darnell Washington, the Michael Mayer, the inline guys. I want one of these move guys like Kincaid or Laporta or Musgrave. And so I want – and the Bengals have taken this approach, and I think they'll continue to do it. You want one guy who you feel really comfortable moving, mm-hmm. can do a little bit for you in line. You want one guy who you're comfortable really putting in line all the time. That was the plan with Hayden Hurst and Drew Sample this year. Obviously didn't work out that way with Sample with his injury. But I, I don't see why that plan would change for them or, or why it should change necessarily. Like It's hard to have two guys, a tight end, who you want to have on the field, but neither of them can block. It's mm-hmm. just schematically, I think, kind of difficult to do that in most formations. I agree. I think that they'll they'll look for guys and Kincaid's special with the ball in his hands and just so fluid that they can make an exception or they, they're at least going to explore the possibility of taking him. But I think most of the guys they, they take, they're going to be like, all right, maybe he's not known for his blocking. Hurst, for example. But we're going to – we know he's willing to do it and we're going mm-hmm. to make him to where he's at least okay at it. And so as long as you can get to okay, I, I think that they're in on you from a blocking standpoint. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't prefer uh, an all-around guy like a Michael Mayer. But that's also why part of me thinks that they're going to do, you know, the the double dip and and take one of these, you know, if they go early, even if they take a Mayer, they're like, all right, well, there's so many athletes on the board here at tight end, and it's hard to find these guys. Let's grab one more to develop and, and see if we can hit on both. And it, it's it's worked you know it's it's worked for a lot of teams that have done that the Bengals have double dipped a ton what I think can they get more athletic at that spot more explosive all those things that we've talked about sure and they might be able to do that without taking one in the first round so it just depends on on how they feel what they view is uh is the best their best allocation of resources and the other part of this do they want to go to more 12 personnel or not and that's something that we don't know if, if they're willing to do that or want to do that. It's one of the two. If, if they want to do that, well, then you're going to need to get better at tight end and, and deeper at tight end. And this is the draft to do it. So even if you do sign Hayden Hurst, you're going to want a guy that can, can block some and, and certainly run routes and win. And so you might see the Michael Mayer early. And if you – don't resign Hayden Hurst. Well, they may say, okay, well, Dalton Kincaid's there. He's older, but man, he's going to give us that dynamic. 
mm-hmm. receiving option and this receiver class stinks and we might not be able to replace Boyd. So let's bring him in. So I, I think it's interesting. I don't think there's a, a right versus wrong. It's just find the right players that can contribute on this offense and an offense that should be, man, my expectations are getting even higher. Assuming they address right tackle, I expect this offense to be a top five offense this year. And, and that should be, I think, everybody's expectation. Should be at least as good at last as last year. Uh, I think what I'm coming around to is my ideal scenario is Sam Laporta in the second round mm-hmm. and some premier position, tackle, defensive line, some faller corner in the first line, first round. You know, you know what that means? Laporta in the second round. That means Laporta won't be there at 60. I, I don't think he will. Because I, I, I think agree. there's a really good chance that he's, he's gone in the 50s or 40s. I, I love I love the idea of getting him. You know, this guy who's just great with the ball in his hands. He he's light. Okay, who cares? Super athletic, four five nine. He's two fifty. It's not that I mean, late. No, you're right. It's not two forty five. Don't round up now. He got light. For I'm not rounding up. These these are our numbers, so it must have come from must have changed from from some number to to a combine. Number. He was we listed at two, He was listed at two forty nine. So okay. that's probably where. And then he. It was 245. But if you're running a 459, but you're right, he isn't that light. And I'm sure he's shown the willingness, even if he's not a great blocker, with the willingness to do so. So if you're getting him at 60, sign me up, especially if you've just addressed offensive tackle. I mean, could you imagine that if they get Jones or Wright or Harrison? And then in round two, they're able to get Laporta and, and they have high good grades right on both. Yeah. That, that generally feels pretty good to me right now is one of those, one of those tackles or and Laporta or like can't see Laporta or falling corner Laporta. Like all those feel pretty good to me right now, depending on like what they do in free agency a tackle that that's the big, the big wild card there, the big asterisks. Which we'll talk about. And mm-hmm. that's going to be a fun, a fun show as well. How will they address the trenches in free agency? Because I think they have to spoiler. So we'll see how they do. Yeah, we'll see how they do indeed. Hopefully it is something. And uh, we will talk about free agency. Free agency will have to be the focus here. I know the Combine did just end and all of our questions today were about the Combine, but we are, as of the time of recording, one, two, three, four, five, six days away from the opening of that legal tampering period. One of the questions we didn't get to, James, was will the Bengals have a signing announced at essentially the opening of the tampering period, free agency and I think we can both agree that that is much less likely. See, we were on different pages there. We can I discuss that. You. We can discuss that on a later edition of Locked on Bengals. I still don't believe you. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.